makes a throw. Jets going man-to-man here. On third and five. That pass intercepted in midfield. Picked off by Darren Lee. Lee up the sideline and pulled down to the 25-yard line. Marlon Mack made the tackle. Lee with his third interception of the season. You are now listening to the Jetstream, the official New York Jets podcast of Gotham Sports Network. To another episode of the Jet Stream, the official New York Jets podcast of Gotham Sports Network. And dare I say it, another happy recap here on the Jet Stream. Uh, my name is Andrew Claudio. Do I even dare look at the standings? Do I do I even start to look at playoff seeding? No, it's way too early, no. but it's fun Wait, to have a no. good football team, Jesse. Uh well, let's get into this. Uh joining us, well, first, first of all. We got to do this in order. Joining me, as always, Mr. Mississippi Man himself. It's Jesse Finver. Jesse, how you doing, bud? You know what? I, Penn State died this past weekend, so <laughs> the Jets are all I have left now because uh, the Knicks started, and, I mean, they're going to be a dumpster fire this hey, year. Hey, so. hey, 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 hey. <laughs> do not bring up the negative yet on the show, Jesse. <laughs> but Leave them the, at New York Jets, the New York Jets have been a – fantastic bright spot in my life and it's because of it's because of my guy sam darnold absolutely uh, and 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 jamal adams well we'll get into them in a second because joining us on this show jesse we got a guest this rendition of the jet stream finally got a guest uh joining us uh his name is michael nanio you've probably seen him on the twitter.com with some very insightful tweets and easily the best rendition of the key and peel uh, Obama <laughs> greeting people video. Uh, well done, Mike. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Michael underscore Nania. Uh, he's a gangrene nation on the Know Your Foe podcast. Mike, welcome to the Jetstream. Thanks for having me on, guys. Good to be here. And I like that you uh, shouted out the Key and Peele video. That's hilarious. It's the be- It's one of the best. <laughs> I got to be honest. It's like when you see something... It- we have a bit of a meme mafia at Gotham that the second a meme starts, we start collaborating on Slack. Is this good? Is this good? I want to say one of us was working on a Jets one, and then you dropped the mic with that. So well done, sir. Um, <laughs> kind of like what the Jets did to the Colts on Sunday. What a transition. There you go. Uh, the New York oh, Jets. Wow. The New York Jets, 42-34, <laughs> to 34, a victory at the Meadowlands. They are now 3-3 three and three on the season. Uh, Mike, I'm going to turn it over to you. What is the one player or one uh, part of this game that you want to highlight as the reason why the Jets won on Sunday? I think this is for the first time you could come out of a game and say that Sam Darnold is the reason that the Jets won. In their last two wins, you had the Detroit win to open the season, and they had the Denver win the previous week. In those games, he only threw... 22 passes in the Detroit game and I believe 21 in the Denver game. They were running the ball great in both those games. They got great field position. So he was a part of those wins. He played his part to win those games, but they didn't win because of him. But this game, they won because of him. He was on the money accurate the entire game. And the Colts kept, they stayed in the game. Andrew Luck played phenomenally. The defense, they had their big plays, but the Colts were moving the ball and scoring. They stayed in this game until the end. Sam Darnold had to move the ball back and answer 
to keep the Jets ahead, and he continued to do that. They scored eight straight times. That's completely unheard of. I'm <laughs> pretty sure that's the first time the Jets have ever done that. So this was clearly his best game so far. It was a great step forward for him. And, yeah, I think for the first time you could say the Jets won a game because of how good Darnold was. Jesse, I know you're you're chomping at the bit to talk about Darnold. What did you like from Sunday? I, I mean, he, he was just really – he was really in tune with his receivers. And the one play that stuck out in particular was the touchdown to Terrell Pryor. Uh, the timing on that throw was just impeccable. Uh, he made throw after throw outside the numbers. It was really impressive. Uh, I, I liked what he, I liked what I saw. Just, he, he, he was accurate. He threw for, I think, 80%, right? 24 of 30, uh, 280 yards. That, that interception wasn't great. It, it kind of looked like he got hit as he threw. Um, I, I'm looking at it right now, but it, it definitely wasn't a good throw. But he recovered, which is he's, and, and he responded really well, which he's shown that he's been able to do throughout the season. You saw that in Detroit, you know, and you've seen it over and over again. I, I was really impressed by him. But I don't think we can only give Sam Darnold the credit here because without Jason Myers going seven for seven. Right, but um, Jesse, we're only talking about Darnold now. It's okay. I have, <laughs> I have Myers on the list. Don't worry. Focus. Just on Darnold. He was great on no, Sunday. No, well, I mean, he was, yeah, he was, he was, it was his best game that he's played as a pro. Easily. And I think the, like, you guys hit on all the stats and, and the, the poise that he showed. The biggest thing that stood out to me is he did a Brady. And what I mean is they got the ball back with little time at the toward the end of the first half. And Brady, one of the things he's known for, especially against the Jets, is marching down the field regardless. Like, you think he had one or two timeouts left and was able to get them in field goal range. And that to see that from a guy that is 21 years old playing his sixth NFL game, it's the first time I actually said, this is the guy, like, these are the signs that they that we saw all through the offseason and all through the draft workouts and stuff. This is why you get excited about a guy like this. And I, Darnold was amazing. 24 for 30, 280 yards, a 113.9 passer rating. Um, all right, we gushed about the quarterback enough. I will say this, though. It is nice to have a quarterback on this side of the MetLife Stadium locker room. Uh <laughs> Now let's get to the kicker because I never thought that sentence would come up in a recap. Uh, Mike, have you ever seen a, a game like this from a Jets kicker? The the thing that's funny about this is that I was really – I was like the biggest anti-Jason Myers guy really? out there in, <laughs> really? in the world. Like he was like – pretty legitimately bad with the Jaguars. I was pulling up all the numbers, how he was the worst in the clutch, worst from beyond 50, all this worst with extra points. He had the most extra point misses in the league over the past few years, all these numbers. And they ended up going with him. I was really nervous about it, but I mean, going seven for seven, the only guy in the league who has more points right now than Jason Myers is Todd Gurley. So it's crazy. Uh, I couldn't yeah. have expected this. So yeah, he's proven me wrong. Hopefully he keeps it up the rest of the year. Jesse, you know, I mean, going into the season, Jets options like weren't great at kicker. And then they maybe like once Dan Bailey got cut, I kind of wanted them to get him. But Dan Bailey clearly wanted to go play for like what he what he thought was a winner. So he picked the Vikings. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't really know like much about Jason Myers going into the season. But I mean, let me tell you, I, I like what I've seen so far. You know, <laughs> seven for seven is um, unbelievable. And they were all every one of those kicks really kind of put the Colts at least a possession out of reach. 
You know, they were all clutch kicks. Uh, none of them. I don't think he hit a 50-yarder. Do you guys know if any? No, he wasn't. All longest, of them were between uh, 40, 48. I think is the longest. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, hey, like, uh, I'll take five for seven. You know, uh, seven for seven is unbelievable. Yeah, and it's part of the, honestly the overall success of this game is that they kept getting into field goal range. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, first of all, Mike, who did you want as? The, I, I, Pardon me for not knowing who they were trying out at kicker during the preseason, but who was it? Who was the job between? But I agree, Dan Bailey is definitely the guy I wanted. Just, right, he was great in Dallas, and obviously he hasn't been. He's had a couple misses in Minnesota, so maybe there were some real issues there for who? why the Cowboys cut cut him loose. But Bailey's the guy I was looking at. Who who would they get? Cairo Santos? Like, I mean, like the options like weren't fantastic. Yeah, Sam Ficken. Exactly. Like, like, like no, like. Yeah, I guess, like, they, I don't know, maybe Jason Myers figured it out. Clearly he did. Well, I mean, this may just be me, but kicking this whole season has kind of been a crapshoot. It's like Justin Tucker, the guy on the Saints, and that's it. Not the Saints, the Chiefs, and that's it. Um, I I never expected to see Jason Myers be, like, the second thing we talk about today, but <laughs> he's part of the reason they won. Like, they quite literally held on to the lead because every time the Colts started to come back, the Jets would get in field goal range and he'd get a field goal. So it's, it is a comfort to know. And it's you know, similar to what Mike said. And I guess technically to what both of you said, um, when he missed that chip shot last week against Denver, I was kind of out because it was a 30 yarder and it, I was already frustrated because of the pass interference that wasn't called. Um, and he's hit eight straight since, uh, I am happy to be one of those teams that actually says I have confidence when my kicker comes on the field. Um, the run game, uh, another good game. You know the Jets are seventh in the league in rushing yards per game. That that, that three hundred twenty three rushing yards kind of regardless boosts that a little bit. It's but still yeah, seventh. That's still very surprising. I mean, Claudia, we we bashed the offensive line in the offseason. We're like, what is mm-hmm. this like band like band of misfits, toys, and whatnot? It was awful, but the, I have no explanation, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> They were supposed to be just a bad unit, and they're protecting Darnold. Maybe Darnold's just getting rid of the ball quick. Like, I mean, he, I have to, like, look back, but, I mean, they've been very impressive. Well, Mike, what have you seen from pretty much the last three weeks, or I guess since the, the Jacksonville game, whether it's are they just getting rid of the ball? Is it the play calling? Are the running backs actually performing? What do you see? Yeah, so for the offensive line, the, the Jacksonville game, that was ugly. That was clearly their worst game this year. That was what you were fearing going into the season. Brandon Shell had a bad game. Just overall, the both the run blocking and the pass protection was really bad against Jacksonville, and that's a huge reason they lost that game. But the last two games, they've come home, and they've really turned it on. And in pass protection, I think the Jets have given the offensive line a lot more help with the uh, tight ends and getting the running back pass protection that's helped a lot but they are playing better and I think overall you look at their body of work both in the run game and in pass protection I think you could say they've been an average kind of offensive line throughout the first six games of the season and you look at teams there are teams that are a lot worse than the Jets on the offensive front right now you look at the Giants the Texans those are teams that like what the Jets did against Jacksonville teams that are putting that out every single week and this unit isn't that they're I think the thing with this line is you don't have that elite left tackle or that elite center who is just going to be perfectly clean every week. But they, they also don't really have any extremely big holes on that line. All these guys are at least serviceable. And I think that's a really good 
positive trait to have. So I think over the last couple of weeks, you're really seeing them kind of click a little bit more. And the health has been really good, too. None of these guys have missed a snap yet. So crossing, knocking on wood with that, hopefully I'm not jinxing it. But yeah, definitely they've been... <laughs> Yeah, definitely they've been a surprise so Just, far. And both both Crowell and Powell have been really good on their own too. So definitely surprised with the offensive line. Jesse, did you actually knock on wood? <laughs> yeah, dude. Are you kidding? Uh you're not, you know, you know you're, not you're not super stitious, but you're a little stitious. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what's an issue? Spencer Long's finger is an issue. He needs to get he needs to like figure out what's going wrong with his hand or somebody else needs to play. Yeah. There are too many bad snaps. I, I will say of, with Long, I think that Long's been the biggest disappointment on the line. I thought he's going to come in and be a big upgrade over Wesley Johnson, and he really hasn't been. Like you said, the, yeah. the snaps have been an issue. He had he had a low snap on Darnold's interception that kind of contributed. Uh, actually, on the Darnold interception, Long, he snapped the ball low, and then he, ste- he stepped on Brian Winter's foot, and that led to pressure coming right up the middle to Darnold. <laughs> That's why he forced that throw, so... He's been kind of disappointing, especially with his pass protection, but he's getting a little bit better with the run blocking. So I want to see more from him and definitely the two interior guys, James Carpenter, Brian Winters, especially in pass protection. But overall, it's definitely pretty surprising. And especially <laughs> the tackles. Uh, Beach, Jim, and Shell have been really good in pass protection. I like what I've seen from those guys. But Spencer Long, I definitely want to see more from. Yeah, he, there was one on the goal line, I'm pretty sure, too. He snapped it low or high and... They were able to get a sack. I agree with everything you said. He he has gotten a little bit better, but he definitely has been a disappointment. He was like the, the big offensive line signing the Jets made like to shore up the offensive line, and it really hasn't panned out that much. But, I mean, the unit as a whole has been serviceable, as you said. So it's been good enough. Yeah. Um, the defense. Now, I, I, I want to know – do you guys think this is a good game from the defense or a mediocre game? A kind of both. I mean, Mike, I guess we'll start with you. You get the pick six to start the game. You get the big uh, Darren Lee pick that kind of put the game away in a sense, um, mixed in with an incredible highlight from Leonard Williams. Uh, at the same time, you're up 30 to 13 and you let this, the Colts just go down the field at will in the second half. What did you see, Mike? Well, I think the thing is that you can always make up for a bad game on the scoreboard with situational plays. They held up in the red zone again. They've been a top 10 red zone defense all year, and they kept that up against the Colts. And they got the takeaways, which were big. Obviously, the first one was a little bit lucky. That was a drop, but uh, Marcus May forced a fumble. Uh, Morris Claiborne with the tip for the interception. They got the takeaways, and those are big. Also, Darren Lee also had the pick. So those are big, and that that helps your offense, puts them in good field position. They benefited from that. And obviously, they got the points to start the game. So you can make up for this bad defense on the scoreboard with those plays, but they did give up 34 points to a Colts team that was dropping the ball all day. They didn't have T.Y. Hillen or Jack Doyle, and they gave up 34 points to them at home. So that's pretty disappointing but I do think a big reason for that was Tremaine Johnson and Buster Screen being out because mm-hmm. Perry Nickerson has kind of struggled filling in for Screen even though fans hate Screen I think that he gets kind of a bad rap he's he's capable of good games here and there and Nickerson filling in has kind of struggled and Daryl Roberts filling in for Tremaine Johnson he struggled as well so I think the biggest reason for uh, the 34 points they allowed was those two guys being out and also the pass rush wasn't good in this game which we expected they deal with for a lot of the time this year. 
sometimes the blitzing is covered for that, but sometimes you're, they're just not going to get pressure because they don't have guys who can win on the edge, which is why the Chandler Jones rumors are out there. But yeah, I think overall it's kind of a so-so game. They made up for allowing big drives with getting the turnovers and getting stops in the red zone. But I think Tremaine Johnson and Buster screen back should really help. And especially against the Vikings this week, it's going to be huge to have those guys. Need him. You need Tremaine Johnson. I mean, I, I'd have to bite my tongue if I said, but bust, we need Buster screen back because he's my public <laughs> enemy. Number one. Um, I, I am not a Buster screen fan at all. I'll take Perry Nickerson over him any day of the week because anybody at Buster screen, he's just not, a, he, you know, I'm rambling. All right. You're good. You're I, good. No, no. I was just, I, I don't want to keep on just saying like the 30 different ways about well, how I hate Buster screen. Real quick. But I mean, I, just, yeah, but no, but, right, but Mike was, Mike was right. You know, having Daryl Roberts and Perry Nickerson playing instead of Buster screen and Tremaine Johnson, that's still a, an upgrade when you have those guys. Uh, Marcus May, Breaking his thumb—that's a big deficit to this. Uh, that's this huge. Game. Yeah, yeah. He's he's one of the guys who calls the plays out there. He, he's a very really football smart guy, uh, and he's played fantastic so far this season. Had a sack, tackle for loss. He had eight total tackles on the game. He was really good. Uh, pass defended. He QB once. Having losing a guy like that sucks. I mean, it's obviously good uh, to have Jamal Adams back there to kind of lighten the blow. Um, but it's definitely, it's not good. There's injuries across the board. This team got banged up this weekend. I agree. And look, as far as Buster Screen goes, I think the the reason Jet fans have such a, a disdain for him is he's not necessarily the worst quarterback, a uh, cornerback in the NFL. What the problem is is we remember so many interceptions he should have had. It's these singular plays. You know, and in like a much more, in a much smaller level, it's like how the Met fans remember Beltran. Like, we remember one pitch he didn't swing at, but there's a lot of good he does. Now, Buster Screen is nowhere near to the Jets or their history what Carlos Beltran was. I know, it's your face, Jesse. I'm just, it's the example that came to my head, okay? <laughs> what I'm saying is, Maybe like the last two weeks really have shown like they could use him, especially this week when you're looking to put a game away and the Colts are marching at will, like 11 yards a play. Uh, and like, and like you guys said, like no T.Y. Hilton, no Jack Doyle. Um, they're gonna have to clean that up. Uh, I will say this the Jets are second in the league in turnovers this year, and um, I mean. Any Jet fan knows and remembers two years ago when they had 14 all year, they have 15 through six weeks. So it's it's an improvement over what we all expected this year. Um, and I'm excited. This this was a a solid win. And like we said, Jesse, one something that they should have, a game that they should have won if they're going to give us any illusions of something to pay attention to for the rest of the season. Quick break to tell you about today's sponsor, Vivid Seats. Now, we all love a night out, whether it's seeing your favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on your favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look at the seats in the section of the row of your choice. 
To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving our listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive 10% off orders of four or more tickets to save even more money. Just got to go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code GOTHAM, that's G-O-T-H-A-M, for 10% off orders of four or more tickets as a new customer of Vivid Seats. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Just download the app, enter the promo code, and start saving. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get there. Before we get into Minnesota, I want to talk to Mike a little bit and get a little background on when you started following the Jets. Uh, like when? Well, let me start. What year did you? Would you say was the day you started following this football team? I started following this team seriously in 20, 2011 was the first <coughs> season I started watching. So is uh, that the I second was next year? Twenty ten playoffs, but yeah, uh, no, no, the third year actually, the beginning of this terrible playoff drought. Oh no, uh, the eight and eight season after the second AFC championship. So, so the Victor Cruz yeah, year, pretty, yeah, yeah, yes, definitely. That was that was awful. Nope, still see it in my sleep. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, you can look, you can look back at that as like the beginning of this whole thing. They were eight and eight and six going into that game. I think still legitimate chance for the playoffs, and they were up in that game. And that touchdown ended that game, ended that season. Just awful. Yeah, the worst part about that game is, I mean, I never thought there was an actual rivalry between Jets fans and Giants fans, and that week is the only time I've ever had actual disdain. For Giants and their fans, and Rex did his thing in talking trash, and I, I mean, the worst part is, I mean, you you were saying they were in the hunt. If I remember right, and Jesse can attest to this, my I pull out these random facts all the time. I'm pretty sure they yeah, would have clinched a playoff berth if they won that game, and instead they lose their last two to miss the playoffs. So, um, who's your all-time favorite Jet? Mm, that's... That's tough. Um, I would. It. I think if if you're looking at the time that I like the tenure that I've watched the team, the guy who's been there the longest is Bilal Powell. So I I think I'd go with him. I just love how he's been every single time he's been called on, he's been efficient, and we've never gotten to see him get to carry the whole load, and we probably never will, which kind of sucks. But yeah. when he's been called upon, he 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 does his job and he does a lot of things well. I really love what he's done for them. So I'd go with him. Kind of an. Un- underrated choice but i i just like what he's brought he's a true kind of jet that i think down the line you're going to see as one of those career guys with the team he's been on the team for eight years and is the Crazy. longest tenured jet right yeah 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 guys guys a savage yeah. Love him. um all right let's get into minnesota um yep. they're three two and one right now vegas has them as, as a favorite by three uh, I don't see that line moving either. This feels like a three-point game. And it's weird to say that. A team that was in the NFC Championship game would, is only should only be favored by three points over the Jets. But if you look at how bad the Vikings defense has been this year, I mean, I'm just going to point out a couple stats to you guys. Uh, the Jets, as I said, run the ball uh, at a 130 yards a game clip. The Vikings, only 87 yards a game. Um, the Jets have only given up one point per game less than the Vikings, and they average four points more per game than the Vikings. 
Uh, the Jets are at home, so it, they have that home field advantage as well, obviously. I, I mean, Mike, am I crazy to say this is set up perfectly, the way the Jets have been defending these, these big passing games, uh, Blake Bortles aside, uh, they can steal this game. I think they, they could definitely win. It's de- the Vikings are not the team. So far, they haven't been the team we thought they'd be. Like, we thought they'd be what the Rams have been so far and the Chiefs and the Saints again. And they haven't been at that level yet, but I think this is still the most talented team they've faced this year and might face throughout the whole year. Maybe not the team that wins the most games based on the way they started, but in terms of the roster talent, it's definitely up there. Maybe with Jacksonville as, and obviously New England as the most talented teams they'll face all year. So it's a tough game, definitely a lot tougher than the last couple of weeks, but it's definitely a game they could win. Like you said, I mean, they both got three wins. The Vikings, this is a team that lost to Josh Allen at home. So they have figured some true. of their issues out <laughs> over the last couple of weeks, but it's only two games. So you have to see more from them until you know that they're officially back. But yeah, I think. They've, their biggest problems have been their secondary and their offensive line. And the offensive line has kind of brought, got it together the past couple of weeks, but it hasn't really been a good unit. It's kind of been something they've had to work around. They've given up a lot of pressure on the edge. That's been a big issue for them. And defensively, their secondary hasn't been as nearly as good as it was last year. They're still getting pressure in the quarterback, but they've given up a ton of big passing plays, a ton of production to tight ends. If you look at their passing numbers, I, I'm pretty sure they're top five in worst opposing quarterback rating allowed and worst uh, passing yards per attempt allowed. So it's definitely an opportunity for Sam Darnold to have another good game. But the biggest challenge is obviously hopefully you get Screen and Johnson back. Obviously, uh, Thielen and Diggs, a ridiculous duo, maybe the best in the league. So stopping them is going to be huge. Uh, the run game is going to be big. Like uh, like you said, the Vikings run defense is still, still a really good unit. So this is definitely a game the Jets can win. But if they do win, it's still going to be really impressive because this is a really talented team. They do have a good quarterback in Kirk Cousins who's had a good start to the year. He's fumbling the ball a lot, but in terms of his passing production, that's been there. They've got a really talented receiving core, like I said, and still a ton of talent on that defense, especially up front. So it's going to be like we talked about the offensive line. They played good the past couple of weeks. This is going to be another big challenge. Like they struggled against Jacksonville, Cleveland, Miami. This is that level of challenge again. So Against Denver, they held up. Against uh, the guys they have on the edge, they had a really good game against them. So they're going to need to do that again up front. But this is definitely a game the Jets can win, but it would still be a really impressive win. Jesse? See, I don't know if the Jets can win this game. But for before that, is this a Sheldon Richardson revenge game, potentially? Oh, definitely. That's going to be big. He's playing good. He's playing really good. Yeah, he's been very good. You know who hasn't been playing good? Anthony Barr. Uh, I'm pretty sure a yeah. few weeks pretty sure a few weeks ago he got burned for three touchdowns. I forget by who, but it was it was a bad day for him. Uh, I believe the Vikings are going to get Dalvin Cook back this week, and that's big for them because uh, if they can run the ball, then they're going to be unstoppable in the passing game. Because uh, even Tremaine Johnson, as good as as good as he's supposed to be, he hasn't been living up to that contract. No, we've definitely talked, not. We, we've we've talked about that on this podcast numerous times, and Thielen is arguably. I mean, he's put himself in top five consideration for wide receivers throughout the entire league. That's how good he is. I'm pretty sure he's on six consecutive games with over 100 receiving yards um, this season. I think yeah, all of the, every game this season, he's put up over 100 receiving yards. He's been an absolute beast. And then you have Diggs, uh, you have Kyle Rudolph. They're really talented uh, up uh, on the offense. 
especially if Dalvin Cook's back. And also Latavius Murray ran for 155 yards last week. Um, however, the Jets' defense has been playing well, but I'm really worried about Marcus May um, and him not being there. Uh, he, he's really good, especially on the edge, getting side, going sideline to sideline uh, and cutting off the angles for running backs like Dalvin Cook, uh, who like to hit the outside and, and go upfield. So I'm really worried about that, uh, who's replacing him. And then also Quincy Nunwa being out. That's also yeah. a, big, that's a big loss. He's out for a few weeks. I saw that they were trying out Rashard Matthews and Corey Coleman, who I wouldn't hate. Um, and I saw Connor uh, said, they, uh, said similar on Twitter. You know, it's, it, those are guys that, like, they're just, just a guy. But, like, they're still fast, and they can open up, stretch the field for the Jets. So, you know, I wouldn't be opposed because they're running really thin at wide receiver right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to add one other thing as to how the Jets can win. Uh, the Vikings play the Saints next week. So this is set up for a trap game. Nothing. Huh. All okay. Right. Just throwing it out there. You telling me they're not looking ahead to the Saints? <laughs> a rematch of last year's game? I'm pretty sure it's in Minnesota, too. It's definitely there. Dalvin and, Cook. And like Dalvin you said, Cook. Playing, at, playing at home is big, so I, I think there's potential for that. Dalvin Cook does have a calendar, and he, he circled the Saints. They, they said it on another podcast. Uh, that, that I listened to. Exactly, which means yeah. that they're already looking ahead. Even more yeah. of a reason. I'm telling you, the Jets could absolutely steal this game. And am I going to be, what, stunned if they get blown out? I'd be disappointed, to be honest, because they've been playing really well the last two weeks. But I don't think they get blown out. I think three is a, is a good line, um, especially because the, the Jets are home. There's going to be a big crowd. The game is on Fox. That's so right? weird. Like, oh, it's so weird. The game is on Fox. We're going to get Joe Buck. Oh, are they the no? They're the one o'clock. The Jets are unless the one o'clock game. Unless he's doing World Series, sometimes the game no, of the it, week is one o'clock. It's not going to be Buck. I think I saw that, but well, it'll it's be so, Kevin it's so weird. They play Vox. Well, plus, will probably be doing the playoffs. Well, okay. One no, caveat. Sunday? One caveat. Uh, that night is Game Seven. What series is he? He's doing the National League playoffs, right? Right, yeah, because he's doing the he's doing the Brewers and the the Dodgers, so he'd be doing Game Seven is Saturday, so he technically could do in Wisconsin. Uh, no, nope, he wouldn't would, be doing Game Seven is on TBS for the for the Red Sox though. Red Sox TBS. Right, he'd be doing the uh, baseball play. He'd be doing the the Dodger series. No, there's no game scheduled for the Dodgers. That's on what I'm Sunday. saying. Game seven is on Saturday. Mike, I apologize for you making us for making you watch <laughs> us figure out when the Red Sox and the which channel Joe Buck is playing. Regardless, the Jets are gonna be on Fox, which has been like five times has happened yeah, in my life. Although it happened this year, right? Oh no, yeah. he did the no, Thursday night game, and that's yeah. how I remember Joe Buck calling a Jets game. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh Mike, give me a final score for Sunday. Uh, I, I got. I I'm not gonna predict the Jets win this game. Just like like it's a it's a wow. really good team, and it's gonna be if they play like they did last week. And like we said a bunch of times, uh, Jermaine and screen's gonna be big. But the Vikings receivers are not gonna drop the passes that the Colts dropped. They're gonna stop. They're not gonna allow big runs like the Colts allowed. If they play like they played last week, I don't think they're gonna win this game. But I do think it's gonna be close. The Jets really rarely get blown out at home unless they're starting Bryce Petty, a quarterback. So <laughs> I think they're going to stay close, but 
I don't think it's a game that they're. I wouldn't predict them to win. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost, but I definitely think they can win. But with that being said, I I think they're going to lose something. I think it'll be high scoring. I think it'll be something like. 30 i think they'll lose like 30 21 23 something like that that was gonna be my question do you see it being a low scoring game or a high scoring game i jesse we'll go to you next 20 to 17 vikings oh so no analysis just the jets lose no. by three. 20 no, to 20 I mean... <laughs> just straight that's it there that's you go you... no uh i think i mean i i laid it out a lot i mean the, the, their jets are beat up right now um, Marcus May is a huge loss, and Quincy Nunn was a huge loss. And there's no guarantee Tremaine Johnson's going to be anything special. Or, but we know Buster Screen isn't anything special. So, I mean, I have a hard time picking the Jets to win this game. But I think Sam Darnold plays well enough because they're at home, and the Jets are able to keep it close. But ultimately, the Vikings will win on a Dan Bailey field goal. Ooh. Okay. Dan Bailey revenge game, too, in a way. Um, I'm going to say, I can't believe neither of you picked the Jets to win. I'm also nope. going to say the Vikings win this game. Uh, <laughs> I'm in the same boat that I don't think that it will be a low-scoring game. I think both of these teams allow a lot of yards. And as a result, this may end up coming down, not, not necessarily to a field goal, but will come down to field goals. So... I see similar to a 30-21 score. I have, like, 30-26. to 26. I think if we if there is a prop bet for Sunday that Jason Myers kicks three or more field goals, like three and a half field goals made, I would take the over. This has four field goals because the Jets couldn't convert written all over it, and it's not enough because the Vikings got in the end zone more times. Over for field goals, folks. There you go. Uh... Mike, Michael Nania on Twitter. Michael underscore Nania on Twitter. You can follow him there. You can read all of his stuff at Gangrene Nation and the Know Your Foes podcast. Uh, this was fun, man. Uh, from your lips to God's ears, I hope the Jets continue to play as well as they have this season. But we appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Thanks a lot for having me on, guys. A lot of fun. We also appreciate you listening to us ramble about what. Well, first, are you a baseball fan? <laughs> I am a Yankees fan, unfortunately. Well, that's uh, enough of Mike. Right now, unfortunately. <laughs> well, I guess we know who Mike is rooting for in the ALCS all of a sudden. <laughs> yep. Uh, Jesse. bad today. Houston took the win. Uh, actually, uh, Boston, I meant Boston won. Boston yeah. won. Houston blew it at the end. But a little bit of karma on Roberto Ozuna. So I, like, I yeah. can take it, you know? Didn't the announcer say that he got knocked out? Yes, and it was it was similar to the the Dolphin game on Sunday when Kenyon Drake was on the sideline, and I, I forget who was doing the color, but he said Drake on the sideline, clearly in his feelings, and <laughs> nobody got it. Like nobody on Twitter realized it, nobody in the broadcast booth realized it, and I'm sitting there at beat ups like, wait a minute, did he just say that? Like, tell me somebody else heard that. Well done. I remember that. I remember that. I Thank remember you. That. So Jesse got it. Uh, yeah. All right, well, Mike, we wish you the best of luck this season, and um, I wish I could say good luck with... Are you at least a Knicks fan? I am a Knicks fan, yeah. Okay, I'm good. low-key excited for this season. I actually like where they're going. They're not going to win a lot this year, but... Not at all. There's kind of a direction now. Yes, exactly. It, you're, you're building a culture. You get a top three pick, and then you sign Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and Jimmy Butler and Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> yeah. and then, you know, we'll see how 2019 goes. 
All right, that's enough. <laughs> Mike, thanks again for joining us, man. Thanks a lot. This has been the Jet Stream. If you dig the show, head on over to iTunes. Give us a five-star rating and a review. You can find this show and all of our other shows on GodTheMSN.com. Like our show, Nothing But Nicks. We just made our season predictions for the 2018-2019 season. Spoiler alert, the Warriors are going to win it all, like you already knew was going to happen. Um, until next time, Jets against the Vikings. Who knows who's calling the game, but we will be there watching. Jesse, J-E-T-S. Jets, 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 baby.